You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Simulcasting live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. If you're watching on television on Dish Network, shout out to you too. Week 13, the finale of the regular season of the Fantasy Football season. It's coming up upon us. Matter of fact, it starts tomorrow night with the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. So you get that on deck to get week 13 started. We have a live and official link for week number 13. So it's only fitting that I welcome in the all-in kid, the birthday boy, Jake Seeley. Jake, good morning. Happy uh, birthday, fella. Congratulations. Cheers. Good times to you. I see you have on your blue New York Giants shirt in celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on having my birthday. Thank you. It was, it was a very <laughs> difficult process. I worked really hard at it. I trained for this day. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, I got the Eli Manning up in the rafters now. I got the Eli Manning yeah. color rush on my Yeah. Sad day for that, but you know, hey, good news here. It's Stefan Diggs' birthday, and uh, the Avengers trailer's out. It's, it's good so far. All right, Stefan Diggs. Shout out to Stefan Diggs. Shout out to the University of the Maryland Fair, the turtle, Mr. Sussman's alma mater. Matt Medica, what's going on? Getting closer and closer and closer mm-hmm. to setting these big Week 13 liners for you. Uh, some bags on the line in Week 13. Regular season money uh, comes out. No, not regular season money. By this time next week, we'll know what the regular season money looks like for you, Matt Medica. How's the process going this week? Uh, the process has gone well for 12 weeks. Let's see how it ends after 13 weeks. I could be very, very happy. Or I could be very miserable come Monday. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just I'm excited, nervous. I guess the word is anxious, to say the least. And, you know, I, I don't know. I went to the movies last night. So I'm just trying to. Pass you, the you, time. Go, you, you, went your wife, you went with your wife or you went by yourself? No, I went by myself. My wife is out of town right now. I saw Justice League. I thought it was disappointing, but, you know, it is what it is. Really? Gal, Gal like is, is always the silver lining in all these. Uh, it was. I thought it'd be better. It maybe wasn't as bad as I thought. I'll say that. Was that it was going to be, but I still think it didn't live up to what I thought it should have been. You thought you, you liked it, huh, Jake? I enjoyed it. I thought it, for everybody that was complaining this entire time, and then now you have a movie that people said was too funny, too jokey. It was a weak villain, and they kind of it was, it basically they made a Marvel movie. It's like the jokes have been made. They, they did Marvel has done this entire time. Just a movie with a weak plot, weak villain, and a lot of fun. I just enjoyed it. I did not get a chance to check it out yet. The pretzel bites were damn delicious, though. Oh, that's what's up. That's always a good look, right there. The Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, the men's basketball team is in the building today. They're behind us in Rock, Rock and Raleigh's having their team breakfast. So my guess is they got to give it Madison Square Garden tonight. I don't know anybody that play for them, but if y'all know somebody that play for them and y'all want us to grab them and bring them in here, just let us know. <laughs> they play Seton Hall today. Yeah, they play Seton Hall today at uh, at the Garden. So, or it might be at Barclays, whatever. Matt, you been to Barclays? That's what, I have checking. not been to Barclays yet. I like I like I like the lower bowl at Barclays. When you go up a little bit higher, it's very scary. <laughs> I tell you, one day, every time I see it on TV, it looks so dark. It's very it's dark like the, inside like the, the Barclays. Worst lighting or something yeah. I've ever seen. Madison Square Garden is a better venue all around in the Barclays. But if you get in the lower bowl in that Barclays, you got a pretty good seat. But if you go up, if you go up high in that Barclays, you're gonna be. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm scared of heights. Jay just tore down the Barclays for two nights though. So shout out to that. So. 
I don't know. It's no really. I don't know Texas Tech basketball players. So go talk football. And I want to start talking. I had a conversation. No, you know what? We're going to start. I'm going to let Jake get on his uh, pedestal and rant about what happened in uh, Jersey yesterday. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome products. Here we go, Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Rocking and rolling with you on a Wednesday, all-in kid day. The link is live. When you call up here today, you get your fantasy football question answered. Make sure you wish Jake a happy. <laughs> so yesterday, I um, after my siesta, I got up. When I take my siesta, I put my phone on airplane mode so it can charge real good. So after I put it on airplane mode, I took my siesta, I woke up, I took it off airplane mode, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> nothing but the devil. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing but the devil on here. And um, I got to move that microphone. So um, I'm scrolling through my notifications. I see one where it says emotional Eli Manning. And I'm like, well, what the hell is Eli Manning crying about now? And I click on it. And I almost had a tear come to my eye. I am not an Eli Manning supporter by any stretch of the imagination. I told y'all. When Eli Manning was in no, studio, really? <laughs> when Eli Manning was in studio uh, a few months ago, I was kind of hesitant to shake his hand. Like that's kind of disdain I have towards Eli Manning. But obviously, I root for the Dallas Cowboys. Jake, what Ben McAdoo, Jerry Reese, and Mara did to Eli Manning yesterday was absolutely one hundred percent disgusting. It was low brow. It was low class. And I expect better from the New York Giant organization. I completely disagree, hundred percent. Why? Because I think I think this is honestly for the sake of Eli Manning. What purpose do you have in rolling Eli Manning out there at this point? The season's lost. He has no offensive line. The only thing that could potentially happen to him at this point is the start streak. And he even admitted himself, "What's the point of rolling me out there for that? Because it tarnishes the whole point. Like if, if you're just going to roll me out there to continue my start streak, he said it in the quote." That's pointless. It takes away from it. And that's what he's he's admitting is the fact that he's going to try and coach up Davis Webb and Geno Smith. And if you look at it, what is going to happen with the Giants after this offseason? We all know it. We've seen the writing on the wall for how bad this team is. They're moving on from Eli Manning. Eli Manning needs to continue his career somewhere else. Probably the Broncos, probably the Jaguars are the two most common teams because the Broncos need a quarterback. They already went down the Peyton Manning route. The Jaguars and Tom Coughlin, so there's a connection there. They should have traded him at the deadline. But why get him hurt? and then not potentially be able to continue his career or get a place where somebody wants to trade for him. Like The worst situation that could happen is he could get hurt. Best case scenario, he just sits on the bench, finds a new team. And what we, uh, Joe brought up a really good point yesterday, too. By him sitting and not playing right now, what kind of happens when you it's it's the absent makes the heart go fronder? You're going to get the member berries. We were joking about that from South Park. People are going to remember, oh, remember the good days of Eli Manning? And you don't have to see him play poorly down the stretch, and people are going to say, oh, let's go get him. Let's get him to drive this team to the Super Bowl. Okay, does raise his trade value, Matt. Jake makes a good point on that. But from an organizational thing, 
this debacle is more on Reese, it's more on McAdoo than it is on Eli Manning. And the fact that they actually said we'll let you start shows that this organization really has no direction right now. This is not what I expect from the New York Giants. Listen, they are a rival, but they're a rival because they play good football. They're a good organization. They do things the right way outside the Josh Brown thing. They know what they're doing. It seems like they're helter skelter in that front office right now. Yeah, this is not the Giant way traditionally. They did Eli dirty in that aspect, but I'll reiterate the point that I made on Roto Experts. This is the right move in on so many levels. The Giants are not a good football team. You don't want to win any more games. Look, the head coach who never got on the plane. But after, uh, the after the 49 loss. After the 49 loss, the GM should be a dead man walking as well. But to, I, I, I don't get it. Is when, when they were ready to bench Eli, why not just go to Webb? What are we doing with Geno Smith? Why? I read an article. Why, why throw Webb out there to get killed? He's like that's the. I understand that Matt. That was I always say that because that was my initial thought too. When this news broke, because it broke, we were doing it on target exactly right. Right around that time is when it happened. My initial thought was, hey, why aren't they turning to Webb? And then the next thought after I thought about it is, why? What, what are you going to get? What is Webb going to get out of starting behind an offensive line that's going to get him killed? Like the only thing that could probably happen with Webb is you ruin his confidence, or you start creating this health. You say helter skelter, Corey is helter skelter thinking because he's got to make these crazy decisions because he's got nobody to pass to and he's got no time to pass to anybody. So I don't know that throwing Davis Webb out there right now is actually a benefit to his future. Like. I'd rather see them make some changes in the offseason, get him some help. Maybe Odell Beckham is back in 100%. And then you learn with some protection. You learn with Odell Beckham versus learning with a mess. Yeah, but let's say next year they whatever they sign a lineman, they draft the lineman, but the line's still not good. Do we not play Webb then? That's my point. Like You're going to have to put these young no, but kids. but you also have Odell Beckham. Okay, that I get. But if Shepard comes back, I mean, Shepard's been really good this year. And my, and my point with Eli is, look, he deserved a better transition than the way it went down yesterday. But the last 26 games, I don't think Eli's been good. He hasn't. The Giants haven't scored 30 points in a game. And he did have Odell Beckham last year. And the reason the Giants were good last year was their defense, not their offense. All right, so it's, just, I, it's, it's going to be hard to find the article now because Geno Smith is a name that's trending now. But it was just last week. Somebody wrote an article about Geno Smith being the best quarterback in the NFL right now that does not have a starting job. I'm not going to sit up here and bang the drum for Geno Smith. That's not what I'm here to do. I think Geno Smith does deserve an opportunity. Because let me tell you something. The Ryan Fitzpatrick year, when Ryan Fitzpatrick um, had that good season with the Jets, that's supposed to be Geno Smith's year. And Geno Smith and Shan Gailey, I think, could have did what Ryan Fitzpatrick and Shan Gailey did. Except that dude broke Geno Smith's nose. Ryan Fitzpatrick has the great year. He comes back as a terrible year. And then it unravels. Geno Smith does deserve a fair shot, Jake. I think Geno Smith does deserve a fair shot. I don't think Smith has gotten a fair opportunity this far in his NFL career. Well, and that's the second part that I was going to come through with this is the fact that let's say you can get Geno Smith looking good as well. Yep. Now you have another trade chip on your hands because, look, the fact is 
you're not going into next year with Geno Smith and Davis Webb as your one and two if you end up with a top five pick and Sam Darnold is standing there. The Giants are going for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, for whatever like people want to talk about this year, we talked about it yesterday too, and I said it again, and I will continue to say it. This this team, Sam Darnold is still the best quarterback in this draft class despite his laws this year. He's trying to do too much. He doesn't have weapons to throw to, and the offensive play calling has actually been pretty piss poor for that team. So I'm not putting on Darnold. He's still the best prospect, and he's an elite quarterback prospect. You have a chance at that. You go get him, and then you back him up with Davis Webb, or you back him up with Geno Smith. Maybe Geno Smith plays well, and then you give Davis Webb the last two games when everybody's out of it, or you vice versa. Maybe Geno Smith doesn't. Either way, you could potentially pull a Patriots here and then have a trade chip on your hand with your backup quarterback. So that's the other reason, to your point, why why not get these people out there? Because there's only really good that can come from this. Mm-hmm. You keep Eli Manning healthy, that's a trade chip in the offseason. You potentially get a number two out there for somebody else to want as a backup or potential starter for some of the teams. Maybe the Cardinals want to trade for somebody, one of those two instead of Eli Manning. So you could potentially have two trade chips on your hand instead of one. There you go right there, man. Yeah, and I, I, I still think they did Eli dirty. No, they did Eli dirty. I just... I, I hate seeing when people say, well, why do you feel bad for Eli? He's made so many millions. Take the money out of it. Look, he's a professional athlete. I, I, I never right. hear somebody say anything like when George Clooney makes a bad movie that he should get $20 million back. So let's take that part out of it. You know, I feel bad for the way that it went down. I think this is a move that... Well, hold on. Let me ask you guys at? a question. Let me ask you guys a question because I don't think like I think it looks bad because of the Giants situation this year and how bad Ben McAdoo has been. Like how how else were they supposed to do it? They did it behind closed doors and they came out and announced it. So that's one question I have for you guys. The second one is for the whole Eli Manning situation and this whole going forward with the Ben McAdoo is is it really the fact of if it's the t- actually you know answer the first question first. What's the what's the better way that they could have handled it? Well, that's, the, that's my first question because I don't want to get lost in the second. The one thing I thought was kind of like disrespectful is like we'll start you for a half of every game. That's a joke, right and there. Like, no matter what, you're coming out. That and that makes Eli him a novelty character. Handled it perfectly. Like that's that's insulting. Yeah, like, you know. See, this is this is my thing, Jake. I get what you're well, saying. Second question. Go ahead. Ask the second question. Oh, the second question is: Let's let's look at this team again. Like, forget it's Geno Smith. Let's take Geno Smith off this team real quick. And to give you, for example, this is what I said. This is the same question I brought up during on target. Let's say that backup quarterback to Eli Manning is Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's going on about like True. I can't believe they're turning to Geno Smith. Oh my God, how are they doing this? You know what everybody would be doing right now if it was Patrick Mahomes? Thank God, thank God they're looking to the future and they're going to this more talented quarterback. Thank goodness that they're making this move. They needed to make this move three weeks ago because it's just the name behind them. It's because the Geno Smith has been so disappointing with the Jets and we have that bad taste in our mouth. If it was a different name or a young quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, Pat Mahomes, anybody like that, everybody would be celebrating this giant. Fans. As hard as it is for you know giant fans to go through this what two and nine season, it's the best thing that could have happened to this organization, in my opinion. The fact that they have a possibility of going from say an Eli to a Sam Donald and getting a franchise quarterback once again. So yeah, I mean, who has this been? Okay, first of all, who has this been done to? This didn't happen to Tony Romo. This didn't happen to Peyton Manning. Those dudes got hurt and they lost their job. They just didn't get benched in the middle of the season, right? Yeah, I think the most. Egregious. Same team. Who? Kurt Warner. Eli. That's just how Eli Manning came in. He, Kurt Warner he was thinking in. to join up, though, and they had a they had a competent. And team. Eli has not really been good for twenty. That's true. Exactly. But who was behind the, him? This is the exact same situation as Week Ten and Eleven for mm. Eli Manning coming in to replace Kurt Warner. I think the biggest problem that I have with the situation is not so much that the move was made, 
but the confidence of the people that made the move. They don't need to be benching nobody. They need to be benching themselves because they're not going to be back next season either. Fantasy Football Friends, if we come back, telephone lines open 844-843-6879. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Texas Tech men's basketball team is in the house <clears throat> right here in Rockin' Raleigh's. They feeding them. They don't ever feed us. I guess coming here every day is not good enough for them. I guess we got to be collegiate athletes to get a damn meal around here. 844-843-6879. Jake, you know anything about Texas Tech basketball? Nope. All right. Matt, you know anything about Texas Tech basketball? That's a negative. All right. <laughs> I want people like everybody. I'd be concerned if we did. (laughs) Yeah, this is true too. But they do have one thing about them that is kind of crazy. Well, first of all, in 1996, they upset North Carolina in a tournament. I remember that. They had this player on Texas Tech men's basketball team named Darvin Ham. This dude used to jump out the gym. And one year in the NCAA tournament, Darvin Ham dunked and broke and shattered the glass of the backboard. So you might want to Google that, and that'll be your little Texas Tech basketball update for the day, or for the year, <laughs> or maybe for your life, you know what I'm saying? Because if you don't live in Lubbock, it's probably not a lot of things that you can do. But definitely, when you get in YouTube, look up Darvin Ham and some of the monster slams he used to have. Mr. Sussman just passed on some information that um, Devontae Freeman has, cre- has cleared concussion protocol. That means Devontae Freeman's going to be on the field. That's three concussions in like 14 months, and he's coming right back on the field. I'm telling you. It's not right back. Two weeks, Two weeks. Three and 14 months? If it's cleared, if you're cleared. Too risky. He he should be on IR. But I'm not. If you're cleared, look, it's no more risky. If once you're cleared, you're cleared. Once you have one concussion... It's as risky as having 10 concussions. It's just you're more susceptible to having concussions as soon as that first one breaks the seal. I don't know. Growing up, I had three. So, In 14 months? No, not 14 months. I just months. wish I met. We, we never have an off-air conversation about these <laughs> concussions, Matt. We don't have to talk about this off-air one day. <laughs> Why the hell does have three concussions? Must be some wild days on Wall Street. <laughs> no, this, is, this is in my youth. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Playing hockey. No, it wasn't playing oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's why I said it would be an off-air conversation. Jake, when you look at the New York Giants offense moving forward, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, the only people that would really, the Orleans dog, well, obviously, the only people that would really be in playoff team starting lineups, do, do you feel comfortable with that moving forward? Uh, well, comfortable probably just because of the landscape of the rest of it. I think Dark was not one of them. Uh, Gallman outproduced them on less touches last week. They could. This team is looking to next year. Gallman could start getting more touches if Darkwa could get shuffled out because Gallman is also better in the passing game than Darkwa is. Not as good as Shane Vereen, 
but at least he's got a better balance where Darkwa is very very little use in the passing game. So I don't trust the I don't trust the running back either. The only two is Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram would be further down if it wasn't for the fact that the landscape of the tight end position, he's kind of a fringe tight end one now, but he's still a tight end one as long as Sterling Shepard is on the field. Sterling Shepard went from being a high-end wide receiver two to more one like in the two-three conversation like around 25 or so. But you have to look, just look at the landscape of both of them. If Sterling Shepard's still going to get close to double-digit targets, even from Geno Smith, he's going to be in that conversation. If Evan Ingram with the tight ends this year, he's in that conversation. I mean, what's crazy is that you know Shepard's been so great. I don't, I don't know where to place him now. Yeah. If, you know, with this quarterback change, Ingram, Ballyhood, rookie. I have title. your answer, Matt. There you Check go. the link. You can listen to on target on demand. We made no. We made oh, a list. You did a list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I honestly don't know. Like Geno Smith, if he's good, do they keep rolling him out there? Uh, if he's bad, do we see or do we see Webb at the half? Or, you know, I mean, I don't know, and I don't know how good either one's going to be. Well, first of all, we, first thing we need to find out is what's the latest on uh, Sterling Shepard and this thing that he has with the um, with the migraine headaches. This is like not like an injury. This is like a a medical thing. So it's kind of hard, like you know, for Doctor A and everybody to put like a finger on this. So we got to see what he is moving forward if he's going to be active first before we really have this conversation. But, Jake, I'll start it, and I don't have the link in front of me. I'll start it by, let's just say, Corey Coleman. If if if, if Sterling Shepard is active, Corey Coleman and Sterling Shepard, Coleman this week uh, goes up against the Clippers on the road. The Clippers are the charges for y'all. I actually like Corey Coleman a lot this week because he's the one that's not getting Casey Hayward. Let's talk about Josh Gordon coming back in his first game, and he's getting Casey Hayward. That's just that? another think to throw into the basket of don't start Josh Gordon but the one thing that the if you go back let's go back to Trevor Simeon beginning of this season remember what Trevor Simeon did against us and everybody we were comp- we were complimenting him yeah. on taking what was given he was taking the middle of the field that's still where you can beat the Chargers Corey Coleman over the middle of the field I would give him the slight edge but that's basically a coin flip to me and it's only because of the matchup for Coleman that gets him the boost in the conversation with Shepard if Shepard's out there I still think you almost have to start it there they're both right around 20 25-26. What do you think, Matt Medica? Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman. Mm. I'm I'm going to lean Coleman here. Yeah, I, I think it's close, but I'm going to go with Coleman. I've seen Coleman play against the Steelers, play against Jacksonville. I, I And I know Gordon's coming back, but I still think he's the number one guy. All right, let me ask you this, Matt. Corey Coleman or your boy Zay Jones? I mean, not Corey Coleman. Sterling Shepard or Zay Jones? I'll go... I, I want to say she- I'll probably lean Shepard because he's been so good this year. Yeah, but Zay Jones to me is very interesting. How would you? How would you? How would you? Uh, compare you comparing those two players, Jake Zay Jones and Sterling Shepard for Week Thirteen? Zay Jones is uh, in uh, New England. You can still go on with Shepard. Easy. Oh, you said yeah. easy. I'll, I'll, Corey, I'll give you one. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be cute or whatever. I would still start Sterling Shepard over Des Bryant this week. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We gonna go there. Um, I don't know why. Dak's not playing. Yeah, Dak's not playing well. I don't know why. Getting Norman. I think the Cowboys. Shepard has got a terrific matchup. I think the Cowboys, for some reason, are going to play really well tomorrow. I mean, I don't want to say super well, but I think they're going to play much improved. It's going to be. I think we're going to have a good Thursday night game. I think we're all. I think most people think it's not going to be good. I think this is going to turn out to be a good game. I think we're going to get some fantasy fun, some fantasy goodness out of it from both teams. 
The Dallas Cowboys. I'm not set on my starting Dak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to start Dak either. Dak is on my bench. Matter of fact, Jake, Dak or Brett Hundley, if you were in that spot and you had that decision to make? Mm, I'm not going as far as Brett Hundley. I, I, I can okay. see it just because of their the rushing matchup. ability. And that's the one thing. Dak did, Dak did it run last week. He had him he running had touchdown. It was called back. Oh. oh, okay. So that one, yeah. So basically, he ran that one time, and the guy mm. called back. Sorry, I, I forgot that he had the one. So, but still, it was one. You want to see him at least try a rush like three or four times. That was the whole appeal of Dak Prescott. Is he's going to get you another, you know, yeah. fifteen to twenty yards on the ground? He's not running at all. He's not connecting at all. This this team is in disarray just as much as the Giants offensively. It's the truth. So let's compare apples to apples here. If you're not going to trust one team, how are you going to trust the other? Despite what started off this season. I could see turning to Brett Huntley. That's just tough for me to swallow. I'm going to head into my playoffs and want Brett Huntley to get me a win to get there. Yeah. It's not nice. Not pretty. Even though the matchup is Tampa and that pitiful Tampa secondary, I think yeah, I would still roll Dak out there, too. It's a great matchup, but. Go I'm, Garoppolo. Jimmy G or Dak? I'd start Simeon over both of them at this point. You would start Simeon over Jimmy G and Dak? What? What were we doing? What were we doing week five, six of the season? We were talking about how great Trevor Simeon was as a streaming quarterback. Yeah, no. Threw two touchdowns. Came right in. Threw two touchdowns. Not to the people who wanted him to throw him to, but he came in and threw two touchdowns right away. I don't think him, Trevor Simeon's as bad as people. Because they want to look to, they don't think. I think Trevor Samian has a limited ceiling, and they know that. They the the upside of Paxton Lynch is like here's the thing, you know. Injury aside, what happened to Lynch? They did what they want to do. They want to find out what is the deal with Lynch. They need the answer. Right now, we still don't even really have the answer. Is Paxton Lynch potentially a franchise-leading quarterback? I don't no. think he's an elite quarterback. Is he potentially a franchise-leading quarterback? We don't have an answer. They put him out there. They're trying to find that out. Trevor Simeon is what he is. He's a game-managing, capable backup that could spell the injured quarterback if needed. I think Lynch is always – he could be a huge boom or a huge bust. They just want to get the answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess you're just gonna just play. The, we're just playing this carousel. I, I, I mean, just going back to it. I, I mean, Dak versus Hunley versus Jimmy G. I'm I'm gonna take Dak over both those guys. I know it's been bad, but I I, I think it gets better. All right, let's talk Evan Ingram, man. And we can talk. You on the telephone lines also eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Right quick though, before we talk Evan Ingram. The Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants were scheduled to play on Sunday Night Football in Week 14. They've been flexed out for a Jacksonville Jaguar game. <laughs> this is where we've gotten to in the 2017 NFL and season. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys and Giants have been flexed to a 1 p.m. start so they can show the Seahawks and the Jaguars on Sunday night. So there you go right there. That's where we're at. All in, kid Jake Seeley, Evan Ingram or Greg Olson this week? Ingram, you can't trust Greg Olson yeah. for the fact that he came out of the game and he's still banged up, still not 100%. And earlier this season, you know, I was on Greg Olson bandwagon. Is like if they, and I was wrong. I assumed, and I'll admit, I was wrong. I assumed if they waited this long and they kept saying after the bye and they weren't going to push him out before it, that they were doing the right thing and they were waiting for him to be 100%. Clearly, he's not. So I don't know how you can trust Greg Olson. I would start Greg Olson over the likes of Cameron Bright if we don't get Jameis Winston back at quarterback. But there's no way I I want to put Greg Olson in my lineup and watch him get 15 snaps and nothing more. That was good foreshadowing, Jake, because I was going to ask you if you would start uh, Cameron Brait with Jameis at quarterback over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Matt Medica, Evan Ingram, this, this week. Say Evan Ingram, Greg Olson, Evan Ingram, Cameron Brait. I'm going to go with Ingram over Olson. I'm not playing yeah, Greg too Olson risky. this week. If, as we say, I would go Cameron Brait over him. If Jameis is the starter. Because, I mean, Brait. 
was just too damn good. I wanted to ask y'all uh, uh, Evan Ingram or ASJ Austin Safarian Jenkins, but I'm gonna go Safarian Jenkins. And you, okay, we got enough time, Jake. Safarian Jenkins. Uh, we did that. We did that. Check the check the link to the radio show yesterday. No, that was the list that we did, and we got in a big debate. I said I would take Ingram. They both said Aston Safarian Jenkins. All right, so there you go. He's right got to catch the damn touchdown passes though. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine telephone number to get involved with the fantasy football frenzy. The link is live, so if you got lineup questions, we can go ahead and start breaking those down as we move closer and closer to week thirteen, the finale of the fantasy football season. So when we come back on the other side, uh, take your telephone calls. And I wanted to talk about the um, Delaney Walker and the Tennessee Titans offense. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Football frenzy FNTSY radio. I said we was going to talk about Tennessee Titans offense when we came back, but I'm so absent-minded. <laughs> I'm so absent-minded. I forgot. We got Joe Lisi coming up right here. Talk a little college football championship weekend coming up. Also talk about some prospects that'll be on our fantasy football team next week. So we'll get Lisi up on the telephone right now and bring him in. Talk some college ball with Mr. Joe Lisi right now. You can hear Joe Lisi's work right here on this very network, FNTSY. And I think they put the show on YouTube too. Him and my man, Rich Shermanello. They do an excellent job with the college football show that you hear Saturday mornings beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern right here on FNTSY. Joe Lisi, what's good with you, my man? This is what it's all about, Corey. You know, uh, the calm before the storm uh, championship Saturday doesn't get better than this. No doubt about that, Joe. I know y'all got a big program lined up coming up this weekend. That, this, that's the college football show to go to to help you get your picks in and stuff like that. If you want to put a little something down, you know what I mean? That's the guys. These are the guys you want to listen to. Joe, before we get into these championship weekend games and stuff like that, I want to know what your opinion is on the situation that took place with, at Tennessee earlier this week. We have more or less hiring Shiano, the backlash from the fans, them taking the job away from Shiano. Now, listen, Shiano is not like the best guy. You feel what I'm saying? He was hated by NFL players. He was hated by his staff. A lot of people dislike Greg Shiano, but I do think, with that being said, he got a raw deal this past week. Yeah, it's unfortunate all the way around that Greg Shiano is out of a job, and more importantly, that the Sandusky trial comes front and center stage uh, for Tennessee and now Penn State, uh, and people have to answer questions. Uh, it, I, again, this is the most... Uh, it, 
detrimental story in terms of sports that we've seen in recent years with the Sandusky trial. And I think, again, you know, you look at the situation for Tennessee, it, it does come down to the process. You have to know who you're going to hire. And if you, you don't think that the fan base is behind it, he, they shouldn't have went through with the process. That being said, I didn't think Greg Schiano was the right guy for Tennessee anyway. I think they should have went in a different direction. A guy like Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables or even Alabama defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt, until they can fix the defensive side of the ball, Tennessee's not going to win their SEC East title in years to come. Uh, Joe, Jake Seeley here. Now, we've got things kicking off Friday night with the USC-Stanford game, and I want to ask you one specific player. We just talked about him a little bit before on the show, and I'll see if you're on the same page as myself. There's a lot of eyes are going to be on Sam Darnold. There's all talk of whether or not he's coming out of this draft class. I still think he is, but I also said this to Corey and Matt. I said, I think people are watching this season giving him too much grief because I think he's trying to do too much with poor play calling and poor weapons. I still think he's an elite talent. Are you seeing the same? Yeah, I think Sam Darnold is an elite quarterback, and he'll translate to the NFL in a year or two, whether he decides to come out uh, this year or, or next. I, I agree with you. I think his pocket presence, his ability to locate receivers, yeah, he does have 12 interceptions this year with 24 touchdowns, but he's still thrown for 3,400 yards and completed 63% of his passes with the pressure on his back and led his team to 10 victories this year. So, again, I think Sam Darnold does have the intangibles to make it on the next level. Is he still a quarterback at this point in the season? Yes, I think so. Hey, Joe, it's Matt. And with Championship Saturday coming up here, are you – What's the team you would bet on the futures line, say, to make the playoffs? I know they've got some interesting ones. Look, I know Miami's like uh, almost a, a double-digit underdog. Is that a team you would put as, as, say, playing the futures to make the playoffs? Do you think Alabama can get in? Would you play them as well? I think for the futures, again, if you're looking for an underdog to make the, the futures, to me it is the Georgia Bulldogs. Again, I think when you look at um, Miami and you look at a team like Alabama, Alabama doesn't have the quality resume that they've had in years past in terms of quality wins. The only quality win they have on their resume for 2017 is an, a victory over LSU in Tuscaloosa that finished 9-3 and three on the year. So I think when you look at Miami as a whole, I think you have to look at their road resume. They're 3-1 and one this year against road opponents. Duke, Florida State, North Carolina, and Pittsburgh, those teams were a combined 19-28 and 28 or 404 winning percentage, and they won those ballgames by 11.3 points per game. When you have to win a championship, you need to play well on the road, and that's something that the Miami Hurricanes haven't done at this point in the season. The one team that I would buy from a futures perspective is the Georgia Bulldogs for a couple of factors. They're starting to run the football over the last couple of games. They rushed for 381 against Kentucky and 247 against Georgia Tech. But you look at rematches for Kirby Smart. Georgia last year lost games to Vanderbilt. They lost games to Florida, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech in 2016. They won all four of their matchups in 2017 by a total score of 166-28, to 28, or 34.5 points per game. They lost earlier in the year to Auburn. It is a rematch. They're running the football. I like the Georgia Bulldogs sitting at number seven to make the college football playoff this weekend. Oh, that's a good call right there. 
Joe Lisi, go for the two.com. Also, college football today, right here on FNTSY Radio on Saturday mornings. Him along with Campus Insiders, Rich Sherman, they do a good job getting it done. And they'll be right here on Saturday morning getting you ready for championship weekend in college football. Joe, I got my man Jaquan Jackson, the king of the turnover chain. See, what I like about Jaquan Jackson is like when the cat made the hit on the tight end the other day and then the other kid picked up the fumble, they was going to give the other kid the turnover chain. Jaquan was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Him right here. He made the hit. So Jaquan, Jaquan is the king of the turnover chain. And from what I'm hearing, Jaquan should be a pretty good NFL player too, right? He should. I mean, it, yeah, he, it, listen, anytime you get defensive players that can create turnovers and they're around the football, those are the guys you want on the next level in the NFL. It comes down to a physicality, and you can't take away what this Miami defense has done, Corey, overall. I mean, there's a ton of defensive talent on Miami's side of the ball, but you look at the team that they're playing in Clemson, they possibly have the number one ranked defensive line in the country. You have guys like Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, I mean, uh, Austin Bryant, the list goes on and on about the type of talent that Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venables have really recruited on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a very intriguing ball game, but anytime you have a defense that could create turnovers like Miami has, plus 17 in turnover margin, they have an opportunity to win ball games and more importantly, make it on the next level in the NFL. I, I selfishly want to go back to the Stanford USC game. One question is, who? I, I was just asking you, who do you think wins this game? You think Stanford can pull it out? And the second thing to stay with Stanford real quickly. What are your thoughts on Bryce Love for the NFL? Do you think he's a little bit of a system running back, or do you think he could potentially be a team's lead? Yeah, uh, well, I'll go back to the game. When you look since 2013, both teams, Jake, have won three games. USC won their three by eight points per game. USC won their three by 15.3 points per game. And USC got the victory 42-24 to in week number three of the season. They rushed for 307 yards and are coming off of a bye week. But when you look at the last three games by Stanford against opponents, Washington, Notre Dame, and California, uh, it's two facts. They're balanced in terms of uh, – offensive balance. They're rushing for 180 on the ground, passing for 190 through the air, and completing 62% of their passes with their quarterback, K.J. Costello. But more importantly, during that span, they're holding opposing offenses to 148 rushing yards on the ground. I think they can make Sam Darnold in that offense one-dimensional. They're plus 14 in turnover margin. And when you look at USC's offense over the last couple of games against UCLA, and uh, Colorado, they've only converted six of 24 third downs, which is 25%. If USC could put them into third down and long situations and run the football, I think they could keep Sam Donald on the sidelines and win a 34 to 24 ball game. That being said about Bryce Love, I think he can make it on the next level. Will he be uh, an elite back like uh, you look at Tevin Coleman uh, that can catch the football out of the backfield and really put pressure on opposing defenses on the perimeter or a Le'Veon Bell type of back? No, I think you look at the SEC championship game, guys like Kerryon Johnson, guys like Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. I think those are the three best backs to make it on the next level in the NFL because they all have different attributes outside of what Bryce Love has. He's running behind a very physical offensive line in Stanford. Well, you kind of answered uh, half my question. I was going to give you uh, two of them. Besides Saquon Barkley, who would be the running back? Because we're always looking for that running back, say, uh, for the NFL and for our fantasy purposes. But let's go to quarterback and uh, Baker Mayfield. What do you? How do you project him as an NFL quarterback? 
I to me, Baker Mayfield is like a Drew Brees type of quarterback because of his size. Now, again, you're talking about a quarterback that's completed 71% of his passes, 4,094 yards, 37 touchdowns, and five interceptions. But he's a quarterback that plays with a chip on his shoulder. That could be a positive. That could be a negative in terms of leading teams to wins and losses on the next level. I think the one thing that Drew Brees had outside of Baker Mayfield at this point in his career is that he could read coverages better than Baker Mayfield can playing within the Big 12 Conference. I mean, it's more like a seven-on-seven schematic. When he makes the move to the next level, he's going to have to understand when to check down, when to pick up blitz packages, and that's the one thing I think when you look at Baker Mayfield on the next level, it might take him a couple of years to get acclimated to the pro-style offense. I think when you look at his intangibles as a leader, he does have some off-the-field issues, but he does have a fire that can lead his team but it's going to take a couple of years. I don't think Baker Mayfield will come into the league and, and just light it up from day number one. Still, guys, since they're talking with uh, uh, um, Joe Lisi, go for the Also, college football today right here on FNTSY Radio that you can hear each and every Saturday morning. We got to get ready to head out to a break, Joe. But I want to bring you back, ask you a couple more questions about some prospects. And I also want to get your thoughts on who are going to be the final four teams playing in this thing. Um, so if you can you hang out through the break and then come back and finish up this hour with us, um, Joe? Yeah, sure. I mean, Joe. I mean, we we all boys, Joe. I feel that's the that's the least you can do for me, Joe. Right. Hey, we're talking college football, Corey. I could do anything. Anyhow, I'll do impressions too. <laughs> all right, cool. He's he's Scott Angle now. He can do impressions. So there you go, Joe Lisi. We come back on the other side. I want to ask him about the next wide receiver in line coming out the University of Alabama. We know Julio. We know Amari Cooper. We introduce you to Calvin Ridley when we come back right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Having a good time right now talking college football, looking at some prospects, guys, that'll be on your fantasy football team in 2018. My man Joe Lisi from GoForThe2.com. Also, you catch his work right here on Saturday mornings with Rich Sermonello on College Football Today. That comes on at 10 a.m. Eastern. And also go YouTube Live at that time, too. Championship weekend, you don't want to miss out. Joe, for, I, I got two questions for you, Joe, and I'm going to give it over to the homies and let them bring it home. Kareem Hunt is struggling right now. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely an Andy Reid thing. Andy Reid is causing this young man to struggle. But there's also a notion out there that Kareem Hunt has hit a rookie wall. I want you to talk about this rookie wall thing, if that's really a thing. And also, I want you to tell me what you think about Calvin Ridley and how he compares to former Alabama wide receivers Julio Jones and Amari Cooper. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's, he was a four-year starter at Toledo. He backed up a guy named David Flewellen there. He had a lot of carries, Corey. So, I mean, playing within the MAC, it's a physical conference, and he performed very well. He had 44 career touchdown uh, uh, rushes in college, and then he made it to the NFL. And he's a physical back. I mean, he at the point of attack, he brings it. He doesn't go down after uh, one tackle. And I think when you look at Kareem Hunt on the course of a 16-game NFL season, he's starting to wear down from the wear and tear of the NFL. But that being said, I still think he's an elite back. Again, it's going to take, it's almost like muscle memory. Now he understands what it takes to be, to be, make it through a rookie season, and that's when you say the rookie wall. But he's still an elite back. I think next year he's a guy that you need to have on your, on your fantasy roster uh, because he can catch the football out of the backfield as well, and he's a physical running back. That being said, what's his shelf life in the NFL? Might only be about three to five years, but I still think he's an elite back for the NFL. Calvin Ridley, I agree with you. I think he's an elite wide receiver, much in the mold of Julio Jones. He's a little bit smaller than Julio Jones. When you look at his numbers over the last couple of years, they've been a little bit hurt because of the progression of Jalen Hurts, who was a freshman a couple of years ago. And then they did have a new offense coordinator this year in Brian Dable. He's led the team in receptions. But this is a team that doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons around him at the wide receiver position. So he's being double teamed a lot this year. And that's why you're seeing the progression production drop off over the last couple of years with Jalen Hurts and Brian Dable, but I still think he's a top 10 NFL talent and one of the top wide receivers to come out of college in the 2018 draft. All right, then we'll stay with re- receiver real quick. we got about a minute left for you. Are you a Ridley guy by the sound of it, or are you one of the ones that are a big fan of Cortland Sutton, who a lot of people aren't going to see until the next game being a bowl game, and it's going to be one of the first bowl games right off the top? Yeah, I like Ridley. I think he's a smooth route runner. Cortland Southern, uh, uh, Sutton from SMU is putting up dynamic numbers in, in a five-wide type of offense. Calvin Ridley is a blocking type of wide receiver as well that can play the slot. And I think his route running ability over Cortland Sutton is a better t- type of wide receiver at the next level. But again, both talents will be a top 10 NFL draft. If you're asking me, I would take Calvin Ridley over Sutton, even though Sutton possesses the intangibles. I think really is the more polished, complete wide receiver that will put up more dynamic numbers in the league. Hey, uh, what, who's your sleeper guy that no, that you think's really going to pop next year that maybe is going to be the under the radar nobody's really talking about? Well, I have a couple. I mean, James Washington, I mean, as an elite wide receiver, I mean, everybody talks about Sutton, everybody talks about Ridley. James Washington from Oklahoma State you know, will be one of the top wide receivers in the draft. He's got sprinter speed. He's a guy i got to keep an eye out on. But I said Sony Michelle. You want to talk about a Tevin Coleman type of wide, uh, running back that can catch the football out of the backfield, that had them put up dynamic numbers like an Alvin Kamara at Tennessee and now with New Orleans? Look for Sony Michelle. You could utilize him in the slot. He could also catch the ball out of the backfield and has breakaway speed. He's a tough running back that has great vision. He's, his carries are being limited by Nick Chubb as well, but Sony Michelle, out of the both running backs, it has the better potential in terms of NFL talent and fantasy talent in 2018. There you go right there. That is Joe Lisi. Go for the two.com. Catch his work right here Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, getting you ready for championship Sunday in the NCAA. Joe, good looking out, my man. Hey, anytime, Corey. Enjoy the week. Thank you, sir. It's Joe Lisi. He does a great job. Make sure you check him out this weekend. We'll get back. I wish I had one more question. I wanted to ask him about Corey Davis. 
and what the hell is going on with Corey Davis. I think it's more or less that Tennessee Titan office is not what we thought it would be. We come back, hour number two, we get ready to go to YouTube Live, and we might have a guest with us. 